Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Oh, hello! Welcome hello. to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. And this is a podcast. We ruin a horror movie just for you. Allison. Just for you. How you doing? I mean, more importantly, how are you doing in the extreme, <laughs> not to pull back the curtain of when we record things, but like we are in the midst of the LA heat wave. Like, are you okay? Um, you know, honestly, it's been totally fine until today. And you can tell uh, it's going to be hot because you walk outside your house at 8 a.m. Yeah. And it's already hot and humid, Unbearable. which again yeah. is very unusual Humid here. in LA. Yeah, it's awful. So, as you can tell, I have the blinds drawn, and yet somehow the sun is piercing me oh, in the eye. Um, God. But other than that, I really can't complain. Um, boy, what did... I, I'm trying to think. I just laid low. I'm just laying low, trying to keep cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to Nordstrom Rack after this. We'll see what happens. There are few things I enjoy more than just wandering through a Nordstrom Rack or kind of anything else in that, like, discount high-end department store kind of where like where it's like you're gonna find some stuff that's like inexpensive but you're also gonna like maybe find I mean I was a big Lomans girl Mm -hmm. um R.I.P. right R.I.P. the greatest store that's ever existed I'm so sorry Um, but there's something very I used to like when I was living in LA and I was like um either anxious waiting to hear about a job I wasn't getting or suffering through writer's block or just any general uh mental health struggles or lifestyle traumas, I would go to um, the Beverly Connection. What a title. Not the Beverly Center, but it's across the street, the Beverly Connection. But that's where there's an off-fifth and a big Nordstrom rack and, like, a teacher. It's all the, like, discounts. That's what I I want. And I would just wander through those for hours. (laughs) Like, not buying anything, but just walking around and looking at every item they have. It's just, like, that's my meditation. I feel like my like yeah, mine is Target, and I remember distinctly, probably when I was an undergrad at Notre Dame, having the experience of walking in and feeling as if I was in a church, like yes. the the healing, yes. holy feeling of all different items. And now they have their Halloween stuff, so oh. I'm not gonna go crazy. But am I gonna get a little tiny container that looks like a little mushroom and put my trinkets in it? Absolutely, absolutely. I'd be a fool not to. And the real reason I'm going to Nordstrom Rack is shoes. Because yes. I, you know, and if anyone knows me in real life, you know this is true. I operate on a one-in-one-out system. I, for some whatever reason, I have one pair of shoes at all yeah. times that I wear. And yeah. my mind shuts off access to knowledge of any other shoes. And it's yeah. not like I have a ton of shoes, but I have a couple other pairs. Yeah. I, and that's yes. it. I'm very similar, and I've never been, I think we've both never really been shoe people in the sense of, like, the way that, like, historically people think like women are into shoes. Like, I think we think about a lot the shoes, we think a lot about the shoes we're going to buy, but it's not like, and I need these, and I need these, and I need, it's like, what is my shoe? 
And I think that is from living in New York. Because I feel like yeah. in L.A., you can have shoes in All your car, throw a shoe on, wear for two hours, take it off when you get, go home, you know? Yeah. In New, York, New York, you have to have a shoe that is durable. It won't immediately be ruined. And yet, we grew up, and we've talked about this before, the era in which we were ballet. walking around on ballet flats, you they're know? coming back, and I'm like, not here, they're not. Not I, this house. I would say, uh, it's, it, it was rainy then. It's rainier now in New York. You're going to walk around a little satin slipper? I can't Just wait for your, rip to, your foot to rip through and step on a dead like, rat? Grow they're up. like, truly, they're so flat, and you walk miles a day. Like, there's no protection to them. They smell disgusting immediately. You wear through them so quickly, and they weren't necessarily cheap. Oh, like, no. Even an expensive one still was garbage. I remember buying, and again, sorry, I know we've talked about this, but it's been like a year and a half, so, you know, we're just sort of, yeah. we're, but it's we're true, it's like, back. We only have like 12 things, so. Buying, oh, you know us, come on. And uh, buying <laughs> um, flats at Urban Outfitters, which apparently Urban Outfitters now has a lot of cute home goods stuff, so I want to look at that. They do. Um, but buying like $10 shoes and then wearing them and realizing the actual shoe, every part of it is made out of cardboard. Cardboard. And so They're eventually, all... the second it gets wet, the second there's any moisture in it, there will be moisture because it's New York in the yes. summer, especially. Even if it's not raining, it's like there's puddles, there's sweat, there's, there's garbage spills. leaking everywhere. But so the reason I'm going to Nordstrom Rack is I, I did go there once before and I didn't get anything, but foolishly, they had like a ton Great of discount, discounted Doc Martens. Yes. And I was like, what, what am I, am I not going to wear? I, I, I have to believe, much as my mind doesn't believe it will get cool ever again. Yeah. I, I know it will, so I have to buy the shoes now. I don't want to yeah. have to be wearing my one pair of Birkenstocks when it's, um. um yeah, I've committed to Birkenstocks, cold. loafers, and mm-hmm. sneakers. Those are the three. I cycle through them. And if I have to dress up, there are some options, but I'm not happy about it. Right, exactly. And then we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but other Truly. than that, uh, uh, Allison, how you doing? I'm good. I'll say that I have, like, a simmering anxiety Mm -hmm. around our Patreon. Oh, do tell. Oh, okay, yes. Okay, let's get into it. Because if you didn't watch the last live show, you might not know this, but we have made a— I guess for it's a promise. It's also a threat to me. It's both. It's both. um, That if we hit a 1,000 Patreon— Subscribers? I, we'll never learn the word for what people who subscribe to a Patreon I is. simply refuse. Not us. Not not into terminology. Um, if we hit 1,000, Hallie and I are going to go spend the night in the Lizzie Borden house. And when we made that promise, I was like, we have time. Maybe that'll never happen. I don't right. really, oh, you know. Yeah, we were, we were so blind to what Patreon is. Mm-hmm. And you guys. Still are, um, frankly. Yeah, I truly no idea how it works or what we're doing there. Um, and you guys are really subscribing in the kind of numbers that make me fear this is happening within this quarter. <laughs> So we just want to say thank you so much. Um, I feel like we can get a Christmas at the Lizzie Borden house, a Hanukkah at the Lizzie Borden house, a New Year's Eve at the Lizzie Borden. I think by the end of the year, we could absolutely get this done. So thank you to those of you who have subscribed. And of course, if you're a regular listener who hasn't subscribed yet, thank you as well for listening to the podcast. We love you. But if you would like to hear- We love all of our evil children equally. And if you'd like uh, to hear Allison suffer the slings and arrows and axes, really, of um, Lizzie Borden's ghost decapitating both of us. Uh, but not what, funny. But an episode not to be missed, am I wrong? And You're then correct. I think we would love to do something, you know, like a regular, you know, like what other spooky places could we stay? I mean, if we stay at one, we're not going to stay at the other. So sort of a tour yeah. of America, I think it would be super fun. I think that is a great 
idea that unfortunately is probably going to come to fruition and I'm right. just going to have to deal with what it does to my mental state and my ability to move through the world. And I feel fine about taking uh, that on. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel fine about making that sacrifice. So, great. Um, thank you again, guys. We, we yes. really appreciate it. Um, and we just love you in general. You're just, yeah. you're just nice people. And if you people. haven't checked out the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash podcast is where there's a couple tiers, various levels of extras and, you know, amount you need to spend. And, and we, you know, we appreciate um, anybody doing it at all. Um, and also, we love doing this podcast. If you, uh, so uh, I had, uh, this is just in case you were looking for the Patreon, you couldn't find it. Like it's pinned, for example, in our Twitter, Twitter bio. Yes. And that is because you cannot Google it right now. And I don't, I, I, I must, hopefully our SEO will improve as more people uh, visit the site. You're talking but, about that like you know what that means. I I I have to believe that a site should be Googleable, and the idea that it's not, I'm like, this cannot stand. I, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know who to talk to. Edward Snowden. I that has nothing to do with anything. Sure. But so my so in case you're like, I'd love to join the Patreon. Hey guys, it's Allison. Uh, there was a tiny glitch in the recording of this episode, and just wanted to let you know that all you missed is us explaining how to get to the Patreon. So if you are looking for the link to our Patreon, we know it's hard to search Patreon for things, but you can just go to the Ruined social media accounts like Instagram or Twitter, and both of those are at Ruined Podcast. And there it is. There's the link. Hop on, join us, and we'll see you soon. Bye. And yeah. Yes. So go check it out. If we hit 1,000... I mean, we have to do a Ouija board. We have to use a Ouija board if we're going to stay in the Lizzie Borden house. We have to summon her. We would have to. And, yeah, we would speaking have to. of uh, uh, summoning things that you, you didn't really plan on uh, going so horribly awry, uh, we are, of course, continuing Halloween, um, which is so perfect. One, it's a great name, and two, it requires the least amount of work for me. I don't have to try to fit a theme. The theme is... yeah. What was I? I what, would, oh, what have I been wanting to fun. do? And this is another movie, much like um, uh, Chopping Mall, where I saw the poster in the uh, movie store. And actually, this time I'm actually going to look up the poster. Yes. Because anyone who anyone who's anyone no, but anyone who remembers being a blockbuster <laughs> will remember this. Also, this is fucked up. But I, was I do. Good. I do have like. After having watched the trailer, I was like, this is familiar. Like, when I first saw the title, I was like, the fuck is this? And then, like, as I saw it, I was like, this is kind of familiar. Now, do you have any memory of seeing this little guy? Yeah, I think I do. I think I remember seeing this at, yeah. like, Hollywood Video or, and in the, case, or Blockbuster and in, or, like, whatever whatever year it was. It just, it, it has the familiarity to it that, like, even if I didn't see it, like, as it was coming out, I remember, like, as you walk through the section for horror, like, that would stand out. I was always walking to another. I section mean, I was looking that, at everyone but, yeah. reading the back and getting scared, and then we'd end up we'd get like um, you know um, homeward bound or something. Anyways, you know. Um, yeah. uh, so, in case you haven't seen the poster, it's sort of a bug-eyed, maniacal um, symbol playing wind-up monkey, and it says at the top. Here's what it says: Once there was a man whose prison was a chair. The man had a monkey. They made the strangest pair. The monkey ruled the man. It climbed inside his head. And now as fate would have it, Allison, one of them is dead. Now, that's scary. Hmm. That's scary. Yeah, why aren't we doing more, more you know, spooky limericks as taglines? You know, and somebody like, mentioned that genius. I, because you remember at the beginning of the podcast, I used to do a spooky limerick as a way to remember a rule about um, a movie 
Wow. Yes. I forgot about all <laughs> Again, of your rhyming I don't little rules. What shoes I have. You better believe I forgot I did that. So I'm going to really work on having more yeah. of those. Uh, I'll try to come up with one uh, for the end of this if I, can, if I can come up with it. Fabulous. But yeah, so we always like to have Allison, of course, watch the trailer. And what were your thoughts about the trailer for Monkey Shines? It feels like this was kind of the very early end of that late 80s, early 90s obsession with using um, monkeys of all kinds A in big film. monkey, yeah, it big was monkey like, era. It's like Dunstan mm-hmm. checks in. There was one that played... End of list. One that played baseball. Um, oh, yeah. Outbreak. <laughs> like, there just were... I just feel like there were a lot of... And, like, it was like, you know... It, it was a ra- it was like all genres were like get a monkey in this film. Now um, I'm looking at I of course was looking at the Monkey Shines uh, uh, Wikipedia and uh, the Monkey Shines came out in 1988 so it would be that sweet spot you're talking about and it doesn't have a ton. There's like a link to movies about monkeys so there's not a ton of them but I will say one that I afraid forgot about Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. Yes. So many actual animals. I guess that was later in the 90s but. Uh, uh, it wasn't that much later. Like, that was just in the 90s. Yeah, in my mind, like, oh, Sabrina, was a years long. Sabrina, our producer, just said, even Friends had a monkey. That's right. There was a monkey yes. in the series Friends. For- Marcel. Marcel. And similarly, the monkey in this movie is a capuchin monkey, which are the cutest little monkey. Yeah, they're a little buddies. You know, we're not, we don't, it's not a chimpanzee, you know. Yeah. Um, it would nothing crazy, you know, but I will say, oh, so I will take a baseline scary to maybe up the ante. Okay. Okay. Allison, how scary do you find the concept of a monkey that could read your deepest, darkest desires? Huh? What do you think about that? I don't like it. I don't want a monkey knowing like what I want for lunch. Like, I just, I just think that like we... I think we know this now, <laughs> culturally, but, like, mm-hmm. we cannot expect animals to, like, live by our rules. They are right. wild. I, we no tried. matter how domesticated an animal is, like, it is still an animal. It does not communicate the way that we do or live within society or, like, they, they are wild animals. Right. And our insistence on making them cute. I thought you were going to say you don't want a monkey to know what you're getting for lunch because then, like, you'll, he, he won't want to order the same thing and it'll be a whole oh, thing. Oh, I mean, he's going to end up being share. like, I'm going to get that. It's like, well, we can't, we can't both get the turkey club. So, like, I guess I'll get soup. And, you know, then it becomes this whole, like, weird. Right. It's like, well, but I wanted the club. You right. know, I always want a club. I agree. I was, like, a little stoned yesterday and I was afraid I was, like, calling people or like posting Instagram or calling some like sat on my phone and it's like even that like to post a photo without meaning to is harrowing yes the idea that there's a monkey just walking around knowing who I hate doing your bidding I do but inadvertently yes. that's the thing once oh. the monkey has the information it's in the monkey's tiny very capable very hands small hands um but but they could do a lot of damage you know as, as Jewel told us these hands are small I know but they're not yours. They, they are, my are own. a homicidal monkeys in the in the case of this movie. And then um, Allison, we always like to have her guess the twist. Allison, would you like to guess the twist in 1988's Monkey Shines? Guess the twist. The trailer kind of jumps all over the place, and it feels like it wasn't linear in time. The one I was watching, um, because the guy is like in and out of the wheelchair, I think. Um, so I don't know if that, I don't think that that's where this movie's at. Um, yeah. I'm going to guess that the doctor who like 
sets up this this monkey brain share thing um, has an ulterior motive. <laughs> Boy, Allison, I think you he hit wants the nail on the head. I think he wants the monkey via the other guy to kill somebody specifically, and that's why he's doing okay. It. Great, perfect, absolutely love it. Okay, so let us begin ruining. Monkey Shines, and also when I wrote Monkey Shines in my notes document, it did change to Monkey Shoes, which is a much cuter <laughs> and also like, children's remake. It does bring us full circle to our earlier conversation. About how they can't wear shoes? About oh, shoes. Oh, imagine wearing a, a monkey wearing ballet flats. I just imagined it. Apropos of nothing. Here we go. We begin with text on the screen. Hell yes. And I feel like this must have been such a conversation because this I, I immediately looked like, okay, this was the late 80s, so we should be, like, treating our animals well. And Wikipedia goes through when it's like there were four different monkeys used. They also used puppets. The main monkey who plays the monkey, whose name is Ella, um, is named Boo. So it seems like everything was very above board. So I just want to flag that because I do feel like we have certain movies where I'm like, well, I hope that animal wasn't just a throw to the garbage after they yeah, shot with it. Um, yeah. And the text says, the Helping Hands program at Boston University trains capuchin monkeys to assist the disabled. The monkeys in this film were trained using most of the basic techniques pioneered by the program. Although some sequences may appear traumatic, no monkey was harmed in any way. I like that. And Yeah. And I will say there is a traumatic scene. uh, Humans are getting the brunt of it, let me be honest. But if you're someone who has a hard time watching an animal be... uh, uh, Some bad happen to an animal, it really is only one scene. and, And frankly, they play it... Perfectly. So, um, yeah, also you can't see it. You know, it's a podcast. But um, so this is written and directed by George A. Romero, who is best known for the Night of the Living Dead movies, which we have done none of. Yeah, that's um, crazy. I don't know how we did. We also did Creep Show, Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, we got um, a lot to cover. Yeah, I mean, th- which is good news for the people who love this podcast because <laughs> we'll never be done. Yeah, right. We hit the end. No, there's always there's so many so many horror movies that come on every year. There's an unending well of them. Um, so, but he wrote and directed this one, and we open on our main character Alan Mann, and Alan Mann again, like so many people in a horror movie, he's at the top of his life. He is a law student. He's a blonde. He's got like a chiseled jawline. Oh. He's an athlete. He's like a distance runner. And he wakes up next to his girlfriend, Linda, who's stunning and completely nude. Good for them. And there's kind of a little more nudity in this movie than I was expecting. But again, it's the 80s. So we get to not, not like, have some nudity If there's a in monkey it. in the mix, there's going to be some nudity. And to the point where Alan Mann is doing, he, he, he wakes, he wakes up and he tells Linda, like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. And he kisses her. And then he does like a series of nude stretches. As opposed to just like putting on underwear or her clothes to do stretches. He's totally nude, ass on the carpet. And finally, he goes for a run. And he's so hardcore and he's so healthy and so fit, Allison, that he puts bricks in the backpack. Okay. Couldn't be me. Calm down. <laughs> so he's running and he's waiting. We see, like, cyclists and other people walking their dog. Like, perfect bucolic, um, uh, you know, suburban morning. Suddenly, a German shepherd lunges out from a driveway and Alan falls in front of a truck. And, and, and... They, they could have shot it in a way where you sort of, like, cut away. Instead, Alan sort of flies straight up in the air. Oh. Like, he's pirouetting, twisting, and we're looking at the bottom of his shoes. And I was like, I don't know what would have to happen for that I, to be how he flew in the air, but I feel like he looks like he was shot out of a cannon. I don't you know? understand the physics of, like, when someone is hit um, by a vehicle, like, what happens, but it's not that. It, it can't be. It, it can't, can't be. be. 
So we catch up. Al's in the hospital. He's paced out. Also, there's a lot of spinal surgery, which I realize oh, I no. should have flagged to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, so he's passed out. He's face down on the surgical table. And the doctor, um, played by Mr. Stanley Tucci. Oh, um, that's fun. In an early role, Dr. John Wiseman. He walks in and he's like the fucking hot shot. Like, uh, you know, he walks Spine in. Surgeon. He sees Alan. And he goes, hey, is he passed out? Oh, good. Now we can talk about him. And he looks down and he reacts like he's about to say, like, something horrible. And he goes, oh, my God, Martha. His ass is even hairier than yours. And as a hairy woman, just don't bring that, just don't bring it up. Also, not at work. <laughs> right, because that implies, like, they slept, he slept with one of the other attending nurses or doctors. And then in the middle, in front of everybody, while this poor man is unconscious, he's going to bring up how hairy your ass is? Rude. And Rude. I'll tell you, he gets his. Good by way of a homicidal monkey later on down the line. So we find out um, after the surgery, there is an injury to his C5 and the cord is damaged. And we see him sort of cut down his back, down his spinal column at surgery. However, he recovers. He's after surgery. We see all these cards and flowers and they all have him like running marathons and like having medals, you know. Like, he clearly loved to run, and now he's going to have to learn to, to love ape homicide because that's pretty much all he's going to be dealing <laughs> with in this film. one passion for another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to prevent or incite a, 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 a simian to attack somebody. <laughs> Allison is, unfortunately, he is a quadriplegic, and he uh, uses sort of like the, uh, in my mind, it's the, um, I was going to say Steven Tyler. It's not. Steven, it's um, uh, Hawking. Stephen Hawking, so he has a tube and he uses it and like a stylus that he could type with and like uh, turn pages of books. But he uses a tube to propel his motorized wheelchair. And he is, he's already been much and then he has to deal with the worst part of what something like this would be is he does have to move in with his mother, (laughs) Dorothy. And you're like, dear God, the monkey hasn't even showed up. And I'm like, no. It's already, this is already a horror movie. (laughs) Oh, truly. And so they're having like a homecoming. Obviously he's been in the hospital for a A couple of months. He's coming. And so um, his mother, to her credit, um, has built, like, has got a ramp built and, right. you know, is trying to, like, outfit. Um, they never address the fact that, like, um, everyone sleeps on the second floor and that you never see, like, there's no, like, mechanical, like, like um, elevator seat or, or anything. seat lift or anything like that. So you're just like, hey, whatever. None he of gets up there and he gets back down and that's and, really and all we need to know. Yeah. And so at the party, we see his uh, girlfriend, Linda, and we also see Dr. John Weissman, Staley Tucci, Big Dig Energy, like, coming in. And um, Alan's mom, Dorothy, introduces uh, Dr. Weissman to Dr. Esther Fry, who is one of Alan's professors. And her thing is, he was so close to finishing it can, when do we think we could get him back to finish his studies? And Dr. Weissman's like, physically, he can't do it, but... Honestly, you have to see where he's at mentally. Like, yeah. does he even care to graduate? Like, right. where's he at? And there's all this concern. And we also meet um, Alan's former coach, Mr. Um, Cunningham. And he's like, I'm his coach. Well, I used to be. Okay. So everyone's, like, dealing with their own emotions. Yes, of course. Um, before Alan comes home. And Dr. Weissman immediately finds Linda. And the awkwardness between them is so palpable that, like, at first I thought, oh, he's just hitting on her. No, no, Allison. Dr. Weissman has something going on with Alan's girlfriend, Linda. Jesus. Presumably during. I know. I'm like, for God's sake, the poor bastard. Like, he's been in the hospital and you immediately move in on his girlfriend. his wife or girlfriend? Like, yeah. come on. 
And Linda sort of excuses herself, and then everyone's like, he's here. And uh, Linda runs downstairs to greet Alan. He has his new motorized wheelchair. Is and the party upstairs? Like, no, it's in the living okay. room, so it's like a beautiful house, like sort of Victorian. It sort of reminds me like, of the house from house. Gather on the second floor. Like, I mean, there's so many questions about like retrofitting a home like that, but yeah. there is like a big okay. living room and like den area, and then a kitchen that he could all get into. So. Okay. Uh, hopefully, you know, um, so uh, she apologizes to Alan for not visiting him or in the hospital. It was just so hard. And he sort of tells her, like, hey, can you go get Alan a drink? And Linda goes in, and we meet Alan's new live-in nurse. They call her Marianne, and her she's her name is Nurse Hodges, but everyone first to her is Marianne, so I'll just call her Marianne. And Linda's getting a drink, and Marianne just takes it and throws it in the sink. It's like, you don't use ice with somebody who, you know, is— quadriplegic, it's not, you don't do it. And then what I would suggest to you is water down Alan's drinks. And Linda is immediately, immediately uh, cucked as you, like yes, immediately, yes. like her ability to be helpful. She's already yes. obviously fucked up because she's having this affair. Yeah. So she clearly feels terrible, you know. And Marianne introduces herself to Alan. Um, she has put his drink in a sippy cup, which we could tell Alan is like embarrassed by. And it's like, why not use a straw? But like, yeah. it, you know, she's sort of, um, focused on him as a patient and not as a full person. And she's really not going to like it when a monkey moves in. It starts ruining her shit. Yeah. So I she's hope already it does. kind of, yeah. Oh yeah. She'll, she'll absolutely get what's coming to her. Uh, but she's just kind of like controlling and overbearing in a way that like, he just needs someone to like ease him into it, you know? And he could hear people sort of gossiping about him. Like, oh my God, this is so sad. Like, can you believe it? Like if that happened to me, whatever. And Linda calls uh, Alan's best friend, Jeffrey Parker. And being like, where the fuck are you? He's yeah. home. Like, you're supposed to be at the party. Allison, unfortunately, Jeffrey is at his lab on campus oh, feeding okay. his many test cappuccino monkeys okay. a serum. And how does he make a serum? He brings in a container that says live human tissue. Nope. He plops a frozen brain out. And then he uses as if, um, what is it, Goodfellas, where they use like a razor blade to, to cut, cut the um, garlic? Garlic so fine. He basically does it with a human brain, cooks it down, and then makes it into a, like a puts it in a syringe. It's kind of like a neon yellow green, and he releases one of the monkeys, number six, and he uh, he in, injects number six, and also this has a certain fly level of casualness. Like number six is just scampering around the lab, eating a sandwich that he clearly left there the day before. And when he injects number no. six, the monkey's screaming. Obviously, it's really painful. And Jeffrey laughs. He goes, I know it hurts, but it beats being sent to the jungle. It's like, what? no, it absolutely no, it it doesn't. doesn't. That's, That's what where the it wants to live. To be. What are you talking about? <laughs> it lives Grow in a cage in a, med in a medical lab. In like, send it back to its home. We also see that Jeffrey is injecting himself with, like, a different red liquid, oh. sort of like, I think it's supposed to be a, um, he has insomnia, so it's like a sleep medication of some sort. Okay. Um, and number six is already incredibly intelligent, so Jeff Jeffrey has, like, programmed it to, like, do certain things. For example, number six knows to run over and play Jeffrey's voicemails. It's the dean informing him he missed a vitally important me important meeting regarding his funding. Not surprising. And, of course, Linda's message. And it's like, it's nighttime. The party was during the day. It's over. It's over. You've missed it. And so, yes, just like, oh, fuck. I was so busy injecting playing my monkeys God. with human brain. I was so busy playing God. <laughs> I missed the party. <laughs> Time really got away from me. So um, Jeff runs over and Alan lays in bed. You know what? I, I, I must have been mistaken. Alan is, in fact, on the first floor. That makes sense. Okay. That makes the most sense. Okay. And it makes sense because I wrote down that 
um, Jeff knocks on the window to his room and he waves to him. So okay, that can't so, be on the second floor. I mean, we're not, this is yeah. supernatural. And uh, he waves the door and then he comes in and Jeff immediately helps himself to a beer. And he's like a- examining all the modifications to the house. Like, okay, all right. And Alan says, you look like shit. Are you shooting, like essentially injecting yourself with sleep medication? And Jeffrey's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not an insomniac though. I realize if I modify, it's like a body mod, like a hack. It's like uh, I inject myself with this stuff. I only need to sleep every third day. And then I just sleep like a lot the third day. Okay, that is not okay. And Alan's like, that does not seem good. No, and it does Jeff's not. like, well, you know, I'm a mad scientist, obviously. And he tells Alice, like, Linda called me. She sounded crazed. She didn't sound crazed. She sounded upset you didn't make the party. Yeah. Like, the idea that you, Concerned. You, everything you do is crazed, yeah. dude. Yeah. Crazed is, uh, that's on your side of the net. And so uh, Alan says, Linda is going to dump me. I can feel it. Like, I can tell something is wrong. We already know something is wrong. I mean, a lot is wrong. And Jeffrey's like, well, if she walks out of you now, like, fuck her. And Alan turns to Jeffrey and he says, I, the thing is, I can't. So I think that's another thing that's, like, really hurting him is, like, he has not— Yes. He, he is—his uh, sexual abilities have changed since the accident. Yes. And, you know, again, I, I've never been a quadriplegic. No. I'm sure there's a plenty of good time—ways way, to have a good time. But yes. obviously you have to find that. You have to adjust, you, change, learn, and figure out what those are. And, like, who knows where she is with that relationship. So, of course, the insecurities— fucking, yeah, yeah. She's already fucking your doctor, so, I mean— She's fucking Stanley game Tucci, over. man. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, forget about it. Kiss that. He's kiss making her, her goodbye, pasta you know? and— Pouring her in Negroni <laughs> and really whining and dining her in the Italian I way. Mean, as we in the Italian fashion. Yes. <laughs> um, later, um, Jeffrey goes home and Dorothy's watching childhood videos with Alan and it's just being spectacularly annoying. Like, oh, remember when you could walk? You know, it's like, yes, mother, I remember. It was very recently. Yes. Allison. So now the people who live in the house currently are Dorothy, Alan, and Marianne, the nurse. nurse. Allison, a parakeet named Bogey, no. flies in no. what? at face level to Alan. And Alan sort of jerks away because he cannot, like, protect flies himself. into the house? He And he says loud, please, Marianne, I hate having the bird fly in the house. It's Marianne, the nurse's bird. This she, And she's obsessed with the bird. Of course she's like, she is. oh, sorry. I did, oh, so, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to let a bird loose in a house with a quadriplegic who has no defenses to his little claws. Right. And Dorothy's like, oh, well, why do you name Bogey? She's like, oh, he sounds exactly like Humphrey Bogart. He says, like, I'm a parent. Anyways, I think you know what's going to happen to this guy. Get it the fuck Bogey out of the house. shows up. Yeah. Um, and we see Dorothy point, like, puts a new reel on to watch, like, uh, you know, his childhood videos. And we see little Alan in a Halloween costume. She's like, oh, you always want to be that little robot. What was his name? And Alan said, it was Robbie the Robot. And I guess I got my wish. And he sort of uses his breath to leave the room. So obviously he's like dealing with. Of course. His, that's a huge, you know, huge of course. change. And um, <laughs> things are only, you think that's hard, baby. It's only going to get harder. <laughs> it's only going to get harder. <laughs> um, so Jeffrey, instead of going home after leaving, he goes back to the lab. Like the idea is like he's there. Yeah, he's He up. sleeps once every three days. <laughs> he's constantly shooting animals up with different serums and potions and shit. Um <laughs> And when you get to there's three animal rights activists defacing the building and throwing tomatoes at it. And he is greeted by Dean Burbage, who's played by Stephen Root, who is also in a ton of things. I mean, a very an young icon. Stephen Root, an icon, a legend. And um, he, Dean Burbage is like a, this like slimy, smiling, you know, it's like, I need you to know when we're actually going to get results from the Capuchin Lab. We're spending a lot of money on these goddamn monkeys. 
And, you know, Jeffrey's like, well, you know what, why it's not working, you know? And basically we find out that the Dean has had to go on TV recently, like a couple different shows, defending his decision to vivisect animals, which, I mean, now I feel like it's like, I'm sure that's still going on. But I think back in the day, there was a lot more out of hand lab animals getting killed. I could 100%. be wrong. 100%. Like, no but question I think we really, yeah. Mind. I think we really had I had to rein it in. And so we're saying that this dean is has been defending it. Oh, it's for science, you know. And again, these are mo- how many monkeys? You can't be just right. ordering a pallet of monkeys no. and then just like going, burning through them. No, no, no. But basically, uh, the dean is threatening Jeffrey like, I happen to be the head of this department. Why don't you just fire me then? I don't want to fire you, Jeffrey. I just want to get you to produce. You can't fire me because you know that if anybody around here is going to strike gold, it's going to be me. Um, He cuts to uh, Jeffrey injecting number six again and sort of examining her trial. And he's like, you should be able to be playing chess by now. Like, why don't you show me something? And his thought is, okay, you're the most advanced monkey, number six. So maybe being around the other monkeys is sort of slowing you down. Again, I'm not a scientist, but okay. I guess. At at home, we see Alan is sort of using to learn uh, to use a mouth styles to turn pages, and it falls on the table. And he's very frustrated, and luckily, the house has like a version of Siri before Siri. Like oh, he can shout cool. out a number, and it turn either opens a blind or it turns on certain sure. lights, or it can even open the front door, which is like incredible. Yes, though also feels um, like it's only going to get used for the wrong reasons yes. moving forward in this film. And so in this moment, when he drops his stylus and he's trying to shout the right number, he can't get it right, and he's getting more and more distressed. Jeffrey stops by. Oh, good. And, when he, and he finds Alan. Alan has uh, uh, wheeled into the kitchen and is intentionally suffocating himself on a dry cleaning bag. Aww. So his, his mother's yeah. dry cleaning bag. So, of course, Jeffrey calls the police. He's rushed, Alan's rushed to the hospital. And, you know, they meet with Dr. Wiseman again and say, like, you know, honestly— but I think I would just have to make Alan as comfortable as possible. He says to Dorothy, I think you should go home. I think you're actually aggravating Alan's recovery. She, of course, is super offended. He tells he Dr. Wiseman tells Dorothy, yeah, Alan's mother, mother, okay, go home. Go home. You're making it worse. Yeah. And okay. there's something to be said. It's unclear, but maybe it is kind of aggravating Alan. Um, and he does have a live-in nurse, even though she's horrible and lets her bird loose in the house. And um, just then, Linda arrives, Allison, but not because someone called her about Alan. Oh, no. Because she was there to pick up Dr. Weissman. <gasps> Linda, And Alan you sees bitch. everything. And Jeffrey's like, oh, how do we diagnose this? Be, uh, he says, how do we diagnose this? Being a clinical cunt? <laughs> and he storms out. And I was like, all right. All right, I love that. Though. I'll give you that. Um... So Jeffrey has a plan. It's a terrible plan. You know it's going to black, back, backfire immediately. But Jeffrey meets up with um, Melanie, who runs a sort of a monkey training farm in the country. I think it's supposed to be, that's what's based off of the Capuchin, like, yeah. um, training facility. And she has, like, a barn full of different monkeys, and she explains a program. Like, I train the monkeys, and then I stay with the um, patient for a week or two, and I help them learn how to use the monkey. And the monkey, you know, again, like, can pick up a stylus, yes. can play voicemail, like, do, do all these things Move that things around. Yeah. It just makes it easier. You know, like, they're not driving you to Target, but they are, they're able to do a lot of things that you then can feel independent and do yourself. And Jeffrey's like, oh, that's great. I would love to get one of these monkeys. And Melanie says, I'm sorry. Like, I could add Alan to the wait list, but all my monkeys are accounted for. Like, that, they've already been claimed. And Jeffrey says, how about I donate a monkey 
One from my lab at work. No, those are different monkeys. That you have been injecting with an experimental serum for seemingly weeks and not And Melody's like, I don't know, hemming and hum. And he's telling her, like, this monkey is tip top, you know. And she even says, are you sure it hasn't been exposed to anything weird in the lab? And he says, no. That's all you've been exposing it to is something weird. Um... Fortunately, uh, Melody's on board or else the movie wouldn't happen. And um, Jeffrey comes to the house with number six, um, who they have, they're going to rename Ella. Melanie said, I, you know, I like to give the monkey a human name. So uh, the monkey immediately runs all over the living room and touches all the shit and like leaps onto like the bird cage. I would be like, I can't do this. I can't. There can't be a wild animal flying around here. No, it's way too, like if it's stressful that a bird is in the mix, like a monkey is not improving things. It's making things worse. And also Alan says, what the hell's going on here? Which implies to me is that Jeffrey didn't tell him that he was bringing him over a monkey. No. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. But Melanie, who also Melanie's a super babe, so I should mention that, of course. And she's been talking like, I met the monkey when Jeff uh, came here with the idea, and I've been working with her a little bit this week, and I think this could really work. You know, she's had a lot of the basic training in the lab, so I feel like this could be great. And Alan's like, okay, well, you know, I would like to be more independent, obviously, so let's give it a go. And uh, Marianne, the nurse, returns after moving the bird cage, sort of aghast that the monkey attacked the cage. And Melanie says, oh, hi, so you're Alan's caregiver? And Marianne says, God has given me that burden, yes? Okay. I, I, get I can't out of wait here. To see, I can't wait to see a little teeny tiny pair of hands Just wrapped around her. that neck, okay? A little teeny tiny gun, all right? Get <laughs> out of here with this. But, you Ugh, know, Alan says, let's do bitch. it. So... Melanie and um, uh, Jeff and uh, Marianne unload all this stuff. They need all the monkey supplies. He has like a, a sort of a crate that he sleeps in, you know, they can put away. And, um, you know, Jeffrey tells Al, technically this uh, monkey is dead. So I've written that it's dead. So don't tell anyone where you got the monkey. Oh, like in like the paperwork for yes. the lab. Right, to explain why there would be a missing monkey. Oh, God. And um, they have a very sweet moment. Like, Ella leaps up into Alan's lap, and she kind of, like, cuddles on I his mean, they shoulder. Are They're so cute. And she's very well-behaved now that she's, like, getting used to him. And they kind of have a cute moment. He sort of, like, whispers to her, and, like, the monkey has, like, a little cute face. That's nice. Reminds me of that 30 Rock where Jenna, they get the... Uh, absolutely. That monkey. <laughs> and, like, Je- little and, like, Jenna. It hugs Jenna. And then she puts it in a suit, and then it gets... Gets loose in the uh, studio. Yeah. Um, so uh, everyone's unloading the van, and Ella's dancing to Ain't We Got Fun while Alan laughs. Allison, the next song starts playing on the record player, and it is the story of love, also featured in both of the orphan films. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I guess this is like an iconic, creepy song to be playing. I guess. And the, mon- and the monkey does love Alan. The monkey will become obsessively loving of Alan. Um, and Millie's like, it's going to be a long process to work with you guys. I'm going to be, have to be here all day for weeks. And Alan couldn't be more thrilled because again, Melanie is a total babe yeah, and they total. immediately have like a spark. Like they're, they're like, the chemistry is there. Also, they're bantering. Like, she's not fucking his doctor. So already also, huge, it's a huge <laughs> check mark in the pro column. Thing. Exactly. Absolutely. So we have sort of a trading montage. Like Alan is using a laser pointer in his mouth to point to his stylus when it falls on the ground. Ella can even open a box. Ella's using a little vacuum. No. It's and dusting. No. Ella, Ella's a dream monkey. Oh, I, I do love of, her. 
and kind of like starts replacing Marianne the nurse in the house. And Marianne hates the monkey. Obviously. Like thinks the monkey's dirty. You already have a bird. So like that, your judgment You're, is yeah, wrong. Doesn't mean anything. And Ella can tell that Marianne hates her. So one morning, Marianne goes to put her foot in her slippers and there's monkey shit in one of her slippers. And I was just thinking, is there anything more humiliating than being at war with a monkey and that you are obviously (laughs) losing? (laughs) Like the monkey has the upper hand. Like, what are you going to do? Scream at the monkey? It's going to pretend it doesn't know what you're talking about. Right. It's a monkey, but it does know what it's doing. (laughs) But the great monkey nurse war continues apace in the film as, as this goes on. And Alan, Alan eats a lot of, um, like, he has, like, a sandwich or things that are more manageable. He's like, oh, I just miss going to, like, a restaurant and just, like, having, like, a three-hour meal and getting pasta and wine. And Melanie, of course, because she's down to clowns, like, well, you know, maybe I could come by and, like, make you pasta sometime. And Alan's okay. like, let's do this. You're do already this. here fixing this monkey up right. for me. Um, we also see that Alan rewards Ella with a little treat dispenser. So he's able to, like, use his tube and a little treat pops out. And so Ella, it could be lured to the, the wheelchair, which will be helpful um, later. However, he goes to give uh, Ella a treat, and the dispenser runs out. He's like, Marianne, please, I ask you every day just to refill it. I, it really means a lot to me. Please. And she's like, ugh, I should do everyone a favor and fill it with rat poison. It's like, bitch, this is your job. You're not allowed to, ra- in an office, yeah. you can't say, I'm going to put rat poison in the, I'm like, going to kill your health for vending monkey. machine. Yeah, right. like, what, what are you talking about? Um, she is but that terrible. Night, that night, Ella decides when it's nighttime, she shuts out the light and puts out a song. And it said, that song that I associate with wedding singer goes like, I can only give you love that lasts forever. Yeah. I, I don't know how, what that song is, but it's very cute. And Ella like cuddles up to him in his neck. Aww. And again, everything seems to be going well. So things will be about to be making a ter- terrible turn of this at a certain point. So in the morning, uh, Melanie is helping Alan shave off his beard because they're like, Ella, you don't go near the straight razor. And I'll tell you, Ella's going to remember that straight razor for later. Okay. Um, and and Melanie's basically like, you know, well, Ella's basic training is over. It seems like it's really going really well. And so Alan broaches the idea like, well, maybe we could spend some time outside of monkey training hours. Okay. And Melanie's like, yeah, I would actually really enjoy that. And just then she notices, like, Ellen has a little cut on his sideburn, and Ella sees the blood and just starts screaming. Like, she's, like, really distressed and seemingly maybe angry at Melanie, like, associating Melanie with causing, um, you know, hurt to Ellen. Um, Finally, Ellen is able to go back to campus. So, like, months have passed. He's going to go and finish up his degree. Okay. And he's getting help from Jeff because Jeff's on campus, obviously, and Ella. And everyone, like, loves him. And it's, like, so glad to see he's doing well. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that monkey's so cute. And then he's sitting in law class. And Ella's, like, flipping the pages for him. And Dr. Fry, who we saw earlier, asks the question. And, you know, students raise her hand. Ella raises her hand without Alan communicating with her. And Dr. Fry sort of jokingly calls out, like, well, is the monkey answering the question or do you know the answer? And he knows the answer. But how Ella how did Ella knew know? That? How did Monkey know? How did Monkey Allison? know? Um, and later that week, um, he and Melanie go fishing, and they sit by the river before packing it in. It's like, well, clearly we're vibing. Like yes. you're gonna go fishing. Yeah. Like that to me is like, I you're in it to you're win in. it. Um, and Jeff stops by, and Alan shows uh, him how uh, there's a system where basically there's a punch, a series of punch cards, and. Ella can take a punch card and put it into the phone, and it'll call a particular number. And he's like, no, that's crazy. Um, and when he, he said, well, could the, she call my number? 
Ella looks at him, and she's so smart. And Jeff's like, no, there's no way she's understanding this. She's seeing Jeff. So she's like, I'm not going to call Jeff's number. He's right here. And he's like, how could she know that I'm that Jeff? Like, it implies so much mental, like, understanding. It's really exciting. Yeah. And so Jeff, I mean, Alan doesn't know that he's part of the experiment, but Jeff's like, oh, oh shit. Like, worked. that's, like, very cool. I'm glad I did that crazy shit where I just fucking shaved up part of a brain and injected into a monkey, which I think is a lot of uh, science, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, watch this. And so Ella does Jeff step outside, the, and then Ella will make the call. So she made the call because she couldn't see Jeff anymore. She is that smart. However, Jeff rushes back in. He's like, oh, my God, somebody picks up the line in his lab. It's Dean Burbage. And Jeff's like, what the fuck are you doing in my laboratory? You know, it's like in, late at right. night. And, and Dean Burbage is like an idiot. He's like, oh, good. And he just hangs up. And he's like, I know he's sniffing around. He wants to, like, cancel my funding. He thinks I'm not doing anything. I am doing a lot of shady shit, so maybe he is right to be suspicious. But, like, I am— Reason. Things are happening. With reason. And uh, Jeff sort of scoops up Ella, and they go to the kitchen to grab some beers um, for him and Alan. But once they're in the kitchen, Jeffrey injects Ella again, and the pain, like, makes her go insane. Like, she's, like, screaming and clawing around. And Alan can hear this. And Ella becoming freaky, I become really aggressive. He's like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you?" What, what are you and of course, I, you know, uh, Jeff is like, "Oh, nothing. Everything's fine." It's like, no, obviously you're doing something. Yes, so how do you get the fuck wrong. out of my house? Yeah. So they have a fight, and Jeff goes back to his. Um, he goes to the lab, and he finds the dean, and I. He's like, "Why the fuck are you here?" And Dean Baird says, "I wasn't here. You're just being paranoid." It's like you already found out. We you picked up the phone like an idiot. Right. He sees that. Um, Dean Burbage is running his own experiment and it's a, I've heard of this experiment where basically like you see how long it takes for a mouse to drown and it's like um, horrible like they have to paddle for days but what happens is if a mouse remembers being saved once it could keep going for a much longer time so if a mouse doesn't know that there is a, an end to it okay the mouse will drown in a matter of hours. If you save a mouse and then you have it do it again, it could swim for up to three days because it now has a memory of this situation uh, changing. Yes, yes. But anyways, it's horrible because it, 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 you, in order to run it, you have to uh, have a big bucket of mouse yeah. drowning mice, yes. you know? Ugh. And the dean says, so where is the body of the monkey that died? Because I finally read your file and where's that dead monkey? What did you where's, do with it? Where is it? And Jack, you know, Jeff's like, um, I send it down to the morgue to get autopsied. Um, if they don't have the paperwork, that's on them. The dean, of course, is not believing that. He's yeah. like, you owe me a monkey. They're yeah. very expensive. Allison, that night, Marianne is putting Alan to bed. And he's, she's really rough with him. Like, he has to be put in a sort of, like, um, yeah. like a hanging support and put into bed. Yes. And she kind of, like, hits him in the face. But he's like, what are you doing? Like, I, this is, well, stop, you know? And she screams at him. It's unnatural to be so connected to a filthy little beast. Again, you, you have a bird. bird. There is, uh, in terms of filthiness, at least a monkey is kind of, like, it, it's smart. A bird yes. is just shitting. It's, it's just shitting just and eating. It's just eating and shitting and eating and shitting until it dies. Allison, Marion storms out after their fight. Also, I'm not saying you can't fight with somebody who's a paraplegic, but you if you were their help, if you're their you cannot caregiver, just leave the, yeah, you, like, what are you talking you are about? Still, you are at work. This is a client. Yes. Like, this is not, like, just, like, your friend that you're pissed off at. This <laughs> right. is definitely, like, a more complicated relationship. Absolutely. And it is edging that way where it's, like, she, her, like, rage and, like, discontentment is kind of boiling over. She leaves the door open and Bogey flies in, Allison, and lands on Alan's face. And a lot of gross stuff's going to happen later. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in a horror movie. I can't. 
It's little no. filthy no. lizard claws no. clamoring all over his beautiful face. Ugh. It's pecking his eyes. It's foot stepping in his mouth. Like, oh my he's, God. you know, he's able to move his head back and forth, but he can't do anything. Right. And it, the idea of like being harassed by a little Disgusting lizard with wings bird. is so foul. Birds are so greasy and oily too. And I'm sure he's just shitting in his mouth. I mean, Ugh. let's be honest here. And meanwhile, Ella isn't put away in her cage for the night. She could, she could tell something's wrong. Is freaking out, but she can't open the door. Finally, uh, Marianne runs in and grabs the bird. And he's like, you get rid of that bird, Marianne, or so help me. And she's like, what are you going to do? And that night, Allison, Ella what? is finally able to figure out how to unlock her cage. Allison, at this point in the movie, what would you do? What would you do? Hmm. Well, I'm letting the... Monkey kill the bird, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> I want it to. Um, I am, if I'm Alan, I'm not that worried yet. Like, obviously, like, stuff is afoot. I am firing Marianne just for general workplace behavior. Um, yes. Like, Get she's me. out of there for me. There are other... Highly qualified professionals that could be doing this job. Yes. So getting her out of there, but then like, I don't. Maybe some like I would want uh, like someone else's eyes and opinions on the monkey. But like so far, like yeah. Alan has no reason to believe that the monkey is anything but helpful. Exactly, and that's the thing about this movie. Much like the birds, it takes a little while for the monkey, the monkey's madness, to become aware, uh, uh, evident to the human observer. Um, so yeah, I think get the, get Marianne out of there. At least it would have been better for Marianne and uh, Bogey the bird. Uh, let's be honest here. If they had Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A. A special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So Ella is able to open her cage and then as a result open um, Bogey's cage and grabs the bird. And next thing you know, it's morning. Marianne wakes up and sees that Bogey's cage is open and the bird is gone. In a panic, she puts her slippers on only to find Bogey's dead body jammed in one of her slippers. Bogey's dead. Way to go, Ella. In, in, yeah, I know. One, Ella won uh, World Zero. In his lab, we see Jeffrey injecting his other monkeys, getting more and more desperate for a result, being like, let's see if these make you as smart as your sister, like injecting them as much as um, Ella's been injected. And then we see a POV shot of a little guy or gal running in the underbrush. So, so we get like a, a killer POV, except the killer is about— Close to the ground. 13 inches tall and running very close to the ground, um, unlike a Mike Myers. And in the morning, we hear, uh, so Alan's doorbell rings. 
But Ella's not there. And he's like, where the fuck is the monkey? The cage is open. I She's loose in the house, but I can't find her. So she's able to. he's able to use the proto-Siri to open the door. It's his mother, Dorothy, here to check on him again. Okay. He's like, sorry, I didn't call. I knew you would tell me not to come. And he's like, I probably would have said that. Okay, thanks for coming, you know. That evening, in front of Dorothy, who is, like, helping Ellen with, like, everything, you know, including, like, bathing him, right. Marianne is sniping about how disgusting Ella is. Ella's still missing. She's been missing all day. Ellen is getting worried. And she calls Ellen great, uh, selfish and ungrateful. And when he pushes back, he's like, excuse me? She screams, you killed my bogey. Dorothy is shocked. And she's like, oh, Marianne, you must be mistaken. I don't see how he could have done that. And Marianne says, he had his little demon do it for him. Ella was in her cage. I don't know how you did it, but you did it. The two of you together. And now my little bogey is gone. And for the first time, we see Alan really get enraged. And he's like, you left, you must have left the cage open. Maybe that bird was still alive until you put your fat little foot in that slipper and you crushed it. And anyways, who gives a shit? It fucking deserved to die. So then it's like, well, there's no one's right in this yeah, argument. Yeah, that's definitely an extreme approach to the bird is gross and annoying. So everyone's yeah. starting to kind of um, unravel. Yes, and Marianne storms out of the house. And Dorothy's like, Alan, what the fuck? Just then Ella reappears. She's like, I was just hiding. I, I haven't been up to anything all day. And since Marianne is pissed, Dorothy's like bathing Alan, and he, she's like, okay, um, I did speak to Dorothy and she is quitting. So, but don't worry, because I already sold my business in my house, so I'll move in and take care of you. And Alan's like, oh my God, no, but he has no say in this. Right. Like, he can't stop her from doing this. You know, she's essentially paying for everything. It doesn't say what her business is, but like, they're not, they clearly have money, you know? Right. And she seems like his only child. And when she's putting into bed, Alan's hand moves. And he's so shocked and excited, even though it was, seemed like it was involuntary. Right. Just but any Dor- ability for movement yeah. feels like perhaps a, a direction. Yeah. yeah. And, like, again, I, I I think now we have all these advances, but back then I, I imagine a lot of it was, like, do physical therapy and you have to wait it out and see what happens. Yeah. And so he's excited, but Dorothy's like, you know, it's probably just a spasm or something. Yeah. And he screams, did you see my fucking hand move or not? Because he wants her to confirm. And Dorothy said, that, well, there's nothing to see because it didn't happen. And it's like, I could see why Alan didn't want you to be staying with him. Because yes. that's yes. not helpful. No. Okay. No, it is not. But Dorothy says, like, I don't like the weird, new, aggressive way you've been acting. And it is true. Like, Alan has since maybe a little roommate moved in, beginning more aggressive, much more, like, volatile. But also, yes. he's been through this hugely traumatic thing. So yeah, it's, it's like, understandable that his mood is going to go through kind of a, a yes. some ups and downs as he navigates what his life looks like right now. Allison, that night, we see Ella, ostensibly, the POV running through the grass, and Alan wakes up with a start. He can see through Ella's eyes, Allison. <gasps> And he goes to check on Ella in her cage. She's not there. So he realizes, wait, you can get out of the cage and you can get out of the fucking house. Meanwhile, Jeffrey arrives the next day to help and finds a bunch of monkey shit in the attic and the ripped screen. So that's how Ella's been escaping. And essentially when Ella's able to run around, um, that's when Ellen can see through her eyes. However, because he still wants to keep his um, experiment under wrap, he, when he comes downstairs, he tells Alan, there's no way she could be escaping. There's, you know, there's no um, hole. There's no open windows. There's no rip screens. She's just muddy because the roof leaks and it's dirty in the attic. 
And I I would rather hear there's a monkey that I hear psychically connected to that's getting out of the house than, oh, you have to pay to have your roof repaired. That yeah, seems no, way I, more devastating. The solution is a lot. Get the monkey out of the house. Boom, you're done. No financial loss. Like fixing a roof. Exactly. I mean, it'll bankrupt you. Oh, I mean, at this point, I mean, come on. Ugh. As if this guy didn't have enough to deal with. Right. And, but Alan's like, fuck it. I'm just going to tell you. And he tells Jeffrey, I can see through her eyes. I don't know how we're connected, but like, uh, something is happening and I don't know whether it was like the, all the training and we're so connected. Like I, I don't have an explanation, but I it's, that's what's happening. And Jeffrey, even though he has all the information, it's like, uh, so we're talking about telepathy, some sort of supernatural link between man and animal. It's not possible. Bitch, that's what you've been that's trying to do. That's what you do. That is right. what you do. So at that point, it's like, then you are lying and your lies will have consequences. Yes. Because at least if you were this honest now, Things that were about to happen. Yeah, Bogey would be the only um, victim. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. Melanie also arrives uh, because he called her, like, saying, I think Ella's been escaping. I'm not sure what to do. And she hears his theory and it says, you know, Alan, should I be worried about you? But because Alan's, like, already in love with her, he's like, no, I'm fine. You know what? It probably was a dream. You shouldn't worry, at least until the monkey starts slashing all of us. But we're going to pretend that's not going to happen here in about 20 minutes. Um... The next day, Alan and Melanie go to visit a different doctor, Dr. Williams, for a second opinion about his surgery or, like, what's the best way to treat going forward? Yes. What, what are options? And as you remember, his main doctor was Dr. Weissman, who stole the beautiful Linda from him. Yes. And Doc Williams shows Alan x-rays of his neck. And he's like, I don't think you're actually paralyzed from the accident. I think you have a congenital abnormality in your spine that was triggered by the accident but it could have been you fell down one day. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been anything. Right. You played, you know, whatever, foot tag football. I think if it's that, then I can cure it. It's kind of an experimental surgery, but I think we could potentially do surgery and get you walking again. Uh, let me just run some more tests. To be able to, like, run the test before you say that to somebody. Yeah, don't, like, promise the possibility of changing someone's life if that's, like, not right. even actually on the table. It's kind of like, if you ever listen to true crime, like, the cops are constantly calling people to be like, hey, your long-lost loved one, we found a body, and we think it could be that, but we'll wait. We're going to test it first. It's like, don't call them. Just test it first. Because then most of the times they have to call and be like, hey, sorry, somebody else's loved one, sadly. But, of course, Alan's focus is like, that fucking Dr. Weissman, he's a quack doctor. And then he starts to be like, did he do this intentionally to steal, for the opportunity to steal Linda? Oh, my God. And, you know, Melanie's like, you know, um, I, I don't want to tell you how to feel, but, like, this is incredibly good news. Like, this is yes. not bad news. This is, like, uh, you know, you should focus on that part and about, like, your health and getting well. And I'll be honest, you, this rumination is not, like, I've grown really fond of you. Like, I love hanging out with you. Like, this is something else. Like, this yeah. rage, the way you've been acting recently is not the person I met. But again, all seems reasonable if you were going through this, like, to be like, oh, I'm moody and mean. <laughs> like, right. yeah, I'll probably will be for the next year, you know, until I, like, adjust to this, you know? However, that night, um, Ella helps Alan call Dr. Weissman's office, but he took off some days. And the reception, and he's like, well, do you have a call, like, a number I could reach him at? I'd really like to talk to him. Because he's going to, like, chew out Dr. Wiseman. And the receptionist says, well, I, I do have the number where he's at. Let me read it to you. Allison, it's the number to Linda's cabin. Aye. So he's like, no, you don't need to finish the number. I nope. fucking know where I he know is. that number, and I know how to reach him. And I, cause I even have a card for it, because when I had the card made, Linda and I were still together. So he is, <laughs> he'll hang up and then call 
the cabin and a shirtless Dr. Weissman in a towel in front of a roaring fire answers. Stanley Tucci looks fabulous. I mean, good for him. That is a dream come true. And Ella comes out like they've clearly just made love and then showered and then they kiss pa- kiss passionately again. And so in, the, in this, at home in the darkness, Ellen's like mumbling in a rage and like Ella is sort of like circling him and like kind of cuddling him and he bites down his own lip and blood starts running down his chin and Ella laps it up, like runs up to his face and starts drinking the blood mm-hmm. out of his mouth. No. Um, not a great sign. No. Else, the next thing you know, we see a little POV of Ella running to the cabin. And I was like, how close is this cabin that right. a monkey can run there in one night? Half a night. And it's such a back. tiny monkey. It's not even like a right. larger one that could cover oh, more ground. Right. <laughs> you can take a gorilla on the highway. And that thing's be doing real good, uh, good speed. It's 40 a miles an hour. Also, if that thing runs into a dog, it's going to have to go around. You know, like, yeah. how does it know where the cabin is? But... Once it gets there, Allison, we see it sneak inside and strike a fireplace match, and it sets the cabin ablaze, <laughs> which Alan can monkey. see in his, I was extremely smart, in the mind's eye, and Alan wakes up screaming, and Dorothy runs, like, in hysterics, like, try, like, what's going on? And in the morning, she gets a call, and she says, Alan, I'm so sorry, something terrible's happened, and he rolls in, and he goes, a fire? She's like, how the fuck did you know that? And he turns, and Ella's back in her cage, seemingly all locked up, but there's a little pine branch stuck in the cage. She's been out and about. He knows Ella did set this fire that he was able to see remotely. So he finally does what you've been hoping he'd do, which is he calls Jeff and Melanie to get Ella and get her out of the house. Yes. He's like, you can tell me I'm crazy, but that monkey needs to get out of the fucking house. Okay. And Jeffrey is still in total denial. He's like, so you're saying that you were so angry that the monkey knew to set a fire. He's like, I thought about setting the cabin on fire. I wasn't going to do it, obviously. But I was just really mad. And I was like, that's what they would deserve. Visualization of it and then having it happen. Not great. Yeah. And so Ella did it. And, you know, Melanie tries to take Alan's hand. And then Ella pushes Melanie's hand away because she's jealous. She's a jealous little gal. Oh, and Alan said, I'm also going to, you know, I know I told you about the, like, remote viewing monkey vision thing, but also I've been so angry. I've had, like, these rages, and I think that Ella's, like, plugged into that. Like, I didn't, ex- she brings it out in me, and then, like, I'm communicating that to her. And Melly's like, I just don't think that makes any sense. Like, I mean, monkeys are like every other animal. They're afraid of fire. I can't imagine, even if she could start a fire, she would. She'd be terrified. She and did. he's like, yeah, I think we're past that. <laughs> you like, that makes sense, but we're not dealing with a regular No, monkey. this isn't just like, oh, a monkey. Luckily, Jeffrey agrees to take Ella to run some tests, and Ella is screaming and refusing to leave, like, literally sweeping things off a side table as Jeff is, like, dragging or, like, grabbing the door afraid, (laughs) refusing to leave Alan, of course. I can feel bad for her. Oh, I mean, it's not—none of this is her fault. I mean, I guess she did set that fire and kill that part. She was her fault, but, like, She was genetically fucked with. She's a woman in love, too. She's a monkey in love. She loves Alan. And, you know, Alan's kind of fucked up about everything that's happened. And Nellie's like, you know, would you want to stay at my place? And he's like, well, I got all my, like, lifts and stuff. And she's like, well, you know, actually in my barn, I have, like, sort of a practice room where I have the monkeys practice and I have a hospital bed and everything. And I could sort of set it up for you and make it cozy. Of course, as soon as um, Ella's gone, like, Alan just, all of his anger drains away. And he says that to her. And he, she's sort of helping him get, as she gets ready. And he puts his head on her chest and she jerks back, and he's like, oh, sorry, I misread. I didn't know what was going on. But let me just say, it's on, like, Donkey Kong. Yeah. Because 
when Melanie turns back to him, she's undoing her blouse. And then there is, like, a very erotic scene of um, of disabled sex that I was, like, it's very, like, it's shot very, like, sensually and it's very, like, beautiful. However, the rest of the bard is filled with screaming monkeys. So we have a scene where, like... You know, like, uh, Alan's in bed, and then Melanie sort of lifts herself on top of him and then uses, like, the lift to lift him in to, like, hold her body weight up. Yeah. And then um, so that he could, she could sort of, like, sit on his face and he can go down on her. Love I'm like, it. great, this is a very hot scene. Very Literally, hot. they are cutting between the sex and the monkey. So it's not even we're just hearing the monkey scream. It's like we're cutting between them. them. Why? Don't do that. I don't I guess want it's like, hey, we're all animals, but it's like, okay, all right. You need to get him out of be here. reminded of that. I concur. So back at his lab, um, Jeff examines Ella, and he's like, the other monkeys are getting the exact same dosage and should be as smart as her. Was it connecting with Alan? Was it connecting with the human mind that's causing the advancement? Now he's like, okay, I do really agree with everything Alan said. I just wanted to um, leave him in the dark as long as possible. Yeah. Allison, Ella jumps up and pulls the fridge open and grabs one of the vials. He has seven vials of this, like, super brain juice. And brings it to Jeffrey, and he realizes, oh, she wants another injection. She wants to become smarter. That's how smart she is. Okay. Wow. He then gives her a shot, and he's like, well, you wouldn't have set that fire, though, would you? It's like, she's smart enough to want a brain-enhancing drug, and you think she cannot can't commit set arson? A fire? Yeah. What Any idiot can commit about? arson. Um, the next day, Doc, they, uh, Alan and Melanie go to see Doc Williams again, and the doctor tells Alan— I, in order to do, to perform the surgery, in order to get it signed off, I need you to make a voluntary movement. If not, it's too big of risk. It's your spinal column. I, I, you know, I don't want, you could get locked in. So what I need to have, is like, I need you to, a, a voluntary movement at any part of your body, and then I, I can get the sign off on the surgery. If not, I, I, I wouldn't want to risk it. Of course, like, you know, she's, He's devastated. He they also spent the weekend at Melanie's farm and like he didn't tell his mother. So when Melanie takes Alan back to his place, Dorothy is furious and is like taking out all of her anger on him. And it's like, let him be happy. Can he just like have a life? Yeah, already. Can he just eat pussy and, yeah. and not have be terrorized by a homicidal murderer for one, one goddamn day. day of his life? Um but Melanie's like, no, it's okay. And she kisses Alan goodbye. And she tells Dorothy, like, how are you doing today? Like, trying to be nice to her. Um, meanwhile, Jeff is in the lab. And he Jeff returns to the lab. And he sees that the dean has taken the other six of his seven vials. So he's one vial left. And that all of Jeffrey's cassette tapes of notes. So all of his notes and most of his serum is gone. So he's freaking out. And he has the last vial. And he, Allison... He doesn't give Ella the final dose. He gives it to himself. Okay. Here is his reasoning. I mean. If the serum helped Alan tap into Alan, it could help Ella tap into Jeffrey. However, Jeffrey, Alan never took the serum. So right. why Only would the monkey? That yeah, way? that doesn't like scientifically line up. So then he injects himself and he sits across from Ella trying to connect with her. Back at, back at home, Alan is, like, arguing with Dorothy. He's like, did Jeffrey call? You know, I told Jeffrey to take the the monkey. It's like, oh, I bet that monkey did something to Melanie. You can't, you do anything Melanie wants to do. It's like, if the monkey attacked Melanie and she said, like, it should leave, that would be reasonable, you know? And Alan says, I don't want to fight. Like, let's just please bury the hatchet. I know I've been an asshole, but let's just try to work together to fix things and move on. His mother's not going to give an inch. It's like, well, what have I ever done but worry about you? It's like, okay, all right. Moms, Unfortunately, you know? as soon 
as he gets done uh, fighting, you know, uh, we fall back to Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is having uneasy dreams. Jeffrey is connecting with Ella. Unfortunately, he sees Ella running through the tall grass to Alan's house oh, and no. sneaking back in. Oh, no. And we see Dorothy bathing Alan, and it's like, listen, I really want you to support my relationship with Melanie. Like, whatever happens to the monkey, like, I really like her, and she seems to really like me. Like, And Dorothy says, like, it's fine with me. And and Alan explodes, and he's screaming. It's like, oh, why are you so fake with me? And he realizes, oh, my God, the anger's back. Ella's in the house. Oh, my God. The monkey's in the house, mother. You're like, I can you, tell you if the to- monkey is here by my own emotions. <laughs> Exactly. He tells her, the monkey's in the house. You have to protect yourself. Get out of the house. Call Jeffrey. Call Melanie. Call the police, you know? And Dorothy says, I think you're going crazy. I think we need to talk to someone. He's like, that's fine. But in the meantime, and he tries to explain, like, how his connection to Ella makes him angry. And his mother's like, look, if you don't want me to be here, just let me know. It's like, boy, if if a mother could let one thing go or accept one thing that her kid says, yeah. this the events would have gone differently. But she's like, you're, I feel like you're making this up to drive me away. It's like, okay, this isn't about you. There's a homicidal monkey. I'm not making up that there's a homicidal monkey that is coming back to the house because we share vision. Specifically to kill you because we had a fight earlier. Yes. So the phone rings. Dorothy goes to answer. It's Melanie. And she says, please, if it's Melanie, tell her to come to the house. Ella is here. We need her help. Of course, she doesn't and tells Melanie, like, oh, he's already in bed. So just if you want to talk to him, call in the morning. I'm not waking him up for you. And she puts Alan to bed. He's begging her to be af- to be afraid. Like, be look for Ella. We, yes. She's smart. Look out. Know. And, she, and Dorothy's like, you know how much I've cried. I've given up everything for you. And he's like, I don't care. And then he flips out on her and he's like, I never asked you to give up your business and sell your house. You decided to do that without asking me. You've always been like this. Your life is a black hole and you've been trying to suck me in forever. And then Dorothy slaps Alan across the face and then just starts pummeling him. What? Like slapping him over and over, like freaking out, slapping him in the face. And she finally stops, like shocked at her own actions. And he snarls at her, you're going to get what you deserve. And as soon as she walks out, he's like, I'm sorry. I, I, I you know, overcome with anger. I'm so sorry. Um, back at the lab, Jeffrey, who is still dreaming, falls off his chair only to be set upon by all the other monkeys who someone, maybe let's just say a little friend of ours, mm-hmm. has let out of their cages before running back to Alan's house. So now these monkeys are going fucking nuts, like in running the la- all oh, over. God. And this is one of his once every three day sleep moments. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he's exhausted. And so she was number six. So there's at least five monkeys going absolutely right. like trash in the lab, throwing chemicals together. There's like chemical explosions, you know, all of course, while, while a thunderstorm is rolling into town. Of course. And in bed, hearing the thunder, he's screaming for his mother, like to get in your room and lock the door. If you don't believe me, at least lock the door and stay in the room so it can't get in. Of course, she's in a luxurious, hot, full bubble bath and doesn't hear him. She also doesn't hear when Ella sneaks into the room, which brings me to my question. Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I hope Alan and... Who's the, um... Melody. Melanie. Melanie. I hope the, yes, we got, the two yeah. of them. And I hope everybody else dies. Yeah, um, Dorothy, things aren't looking good for her, I'll be honest. And then we've got Jeff. Jeff needs to, Jeff has, he's fucked around <laughs> with the way the world works a bit too much, and it's time for and Jeff to go. he must find out. He must find out. And then finally, Ella. Ella the monkey. What do you oh. think is going to happen to her? I think that she'll survive, but maybe she escapes. 
Great. Okay. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Alan keeps calling for his mother. Of course, she ignores him, but she can't ignore when she looks up and sees Ella holding a blow dryer, which she is plugging in over the bath, turns it on, and throws it in the bathtub. The power surge kills Dorothy and then knocks out the electricity in the house. So Alan is left alone, screaming in the dark for help. No one gets him, even if he did, like, there's no lights, there's no way for him to figure out what's going on. Terrifying shit. Fortunately, Jeff arrives just then. He has escaped from the lab, and he realizes Ella is here to kill again. And he goes, he knocks on the door, he says, is Ella in here? And he's like, I don't think so. But she's so little. We have no idea where she is in the house. Right, I mean, she could be in a drawer, for all you know. Exactly, with the probably the butcher knives, you I know? Mean, you know. So we see Jeff gets in, and he wanders through the house. He finds Dorothy's dead body in the bathtub. He goes to the breaker, and he's able to turn the lights on. Cannot find Ella. He gets Alan up, gets him in the chair, and tells him that Dorothy is dead. Alan is devastated, and he's also convinced. He's like, I killed everyone. I am a serial killer. This is my fault because I had negative emotions towards him. This is very Catholic. Yeah. This is like a very Catholic idea of like death or whatever. It's like I, you know, I connect with Ella. He reasons like, it's like it must be our animal instinct. Like she could pick up my animal instinct. So she was just like, that's how I really feel. Mm. Mm. And Jeff finally admits, actually, this is my fault because Ella is a genetically engineered monkey. It was on a drug of my own making About this entire time. time. Jeff. Alan, reasonably enough, fucking flips out. And he's like, so I was a fucking guinea pig this whole time? You had no idea. Like, well, why would you do this, you know? And Jeff says, no, 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 not the whole time, which is not the reassurance you want to have no. when a homicidal monkey just murdered your mother in your own house. Unfortunately, Allison, we know what happens when Alan gets angry. And from the darkness, Ella leaps out at Jeff with a straight razor from the bathroom. Ooh. Don't leave a straight razor out if you have a monkey in the house. Absolutely. Or at all, ever. Anyone. Anyone. Don't have it. Don't That's have it. Something. That's when you want to pay too much money and go get, like, a straight razor shave at, like, a really nice, Yeah, go do it out of the house. Shop. Don't have yes. just, like, an objective weapon just hanging. Right. It'd be much harder if they if she had like one of those like what like Tech Nine or like Mach Five, like yeah. just like a men's razor. Yeah. It's much harder to kill people with that. It is. However, Al, uh, Ella leaps on so she slashes Jeff and then leaps onto Alan's lap, brandishing the blood covered razor. But luckily, uh Jeff has something working in his favor, which he is approximately ten times bigger than her. So yes. he is able to just kind of hurl her across the room. Okay. Final. She's smart, but she's still the size of a football. Yeah. You know? Oh, hello. And he runs to wash his hands, and we see him take out a syringe. He has brought two syringes. It's never explicitly said, but these are to kill Ella. These are to put her to sleep, right? 
and he takes out one syringe and he, he, he hears something in the room and he leaves a syringe there. So there's a loose syringe and then he has another one. Guys, in have we his learned pocket. nothing? I truly, Jeff certainly has it. Well, yeah. Jeff didn't ask, should he do it? He asked, could he do it? And the answer is, I guess, kind of, but also it will immediately murder you. Yeah. So. So Alan meets Jeff. Jeff is now hunting Ella through the house. And Jeff reasonably is like, we should call for help. We should get out of here. Yes. We should take a yes. meal. I'm going to go to your car and we'll just sit in your car. Yeah. That's it can't way get in the fucking car. Right. Get in the car, lock the car. Yeah. Stay there until, I don't know, help. As long as you need to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Call 911 and then get in the car and just wait there. Jeff says, I'll be fine. I'll be right back. Which, of course, we, we, we know, know if you say that know in a fucking horror movie, you're dead. He goes up to the attic. The phone rings, and Ella leaps out of nowhere, and El- Alan begs her to answer the phone. She chews through the phone cord. Luckily, it's just for the individual phone. So the phone Not in the, the other room rings. Yeah. yeah. So there's a race between Ellen, uh, Alan and Ella to get to the— And Ellen's there, too. Ellen DeGeneres suddenly has a cameo. No. So it's a race between Ellen and Ella to get to the other receiver— and he's able to get the receiver off the cradle seconds before Melanie hangs up, because luckily Melanie was calling. And fortunately, Allison, in that split second, what does she hear on the other line? A monkey screaming. And she knows enough that I got to get over there. <laughs> Jeff is finally Picking up the grad. phone and just hearing a monkey screaming is wild. Yeah. So, um... Unfortunately, like Jeff is stalking Ellen. He's like, get help, get away. You leave, leave me here. You go get help, Jeff. We can't do this alone. And Jeff's like, no. And he, he's trying to inject Ellen. At one point he gets her and she gets loose. Ellen has become entangled in the landline. So the, it's wrapped around the wheelchair's mechanism. So he's basically anchored to the kitchen wall. So he can't even help it anyway. He is stuck there. Again, another terrifying moment. Unfortunately for Jeff, Ella, Ella leaps out of the closet and in the kerfuffle, Jeff stabs himself with the syringe. Jeff. We know there's one left, and so he's trying to get down to the first floor to get it. However, Ella gets to it before he does. Of course and she just does. scampers away with it, and we see sort of Jeff's vision starts to blur. And he tells him, hey, Alan, um, she got me. And you know me, I put enough in there to take down King Kong. He's like, please call 911 then. We have a phone that is still operating. Right. Call 911 before you pass out. But Jeff's already fucked up. He's completely out of it. He falls to the floor in a daze. And Alan's finally able to get loose of the landline. But by the time he makes the living room, Jeff is dead. So Jeff is dead. Dorothy's dead. And the monkey um, is. A, a monkey at has large. the syringe, has a le- at large with the, with the other lethal syringe. Also, if you're going to have a syringe like that, just put enough for the monkey. Yeah, don't, don't let have to put that much to kill in. You. Right, it's so little. You don't need whatever. Unfortunately, he so he starts screaming out the numbers in their in their proto Siri. Open the doors, turn the lights, yelling, screaming. It's raining so torrentially that there are some people on the street like riding to their car, but they can't hear him okay. over the sound of the rain. Also, Ella's too quick and is able to shut the door. And Ella is smart enough to turn the breaker off, Allison. So she shuts off the electricity. Like she in the understands house. the concept of like. Grounded yeah. electricity. <laughs> Except not totally. Because I feel like there's certain things where he still is like, has the ability to be like, well, that's not how it works, you right. know? Um, and, Ella, and finally, Ella sort of stands and like challenges Alan and he tells her to stop shrieking. It's like, you can't fool me now with this bullshit. You're not going to hurt me. I'm part of you. And that's, with that, he, he dispenses a monkey treat. So he's trying to lure Ella towards him. And he can see the other syringes on the ground now, but he can't pick it up. Yeah. However... 
Ella turns the tables and she starts putting the monkey treats into his mouth. Now she is, he's the monkey <laughs> Ew, and she is the owl. What is a monkey treat? I don't. Ugh. And he says to her, if it's I like do dog food takes. or cat food. It, it, yeah, basically, it's like little like cat treats or something. It's like whatever it takes to get through the night. He has Ella put on music because we know Ella likes music, but the electricity is out, so he's he's trying to trick her into turning on the breaker, but she refuses to do it, so she can't play the music. And finally, um, he looks over, and Ella has set a little table for them at Ellison <laughs> with a little lit candle. No! And he says, so it's true. You aren't afraid of fire after all. And he wheels over, and Ella starts forcibly feeding him, like, grapes and little snacks. Like, trying to, like— <laughs> No! Yeah. With her little hands. And he tells her, like, oh, you know, let's go outside. Open the door and go for a run. Go play. Like, we have all the time in the world. Like, go play in the rain. But, of course— it goes on and on for hours. And finally, Alan falls asleep in his wheelchair. And Ella darts out into the storm. But she doesn't make it that far because Melanie is pulling in. So she runs to Melanie's van. Of course, who is left to kill but Melanie? Aww. Melanie arrives at the darkened house, but like the she can't hear Ellen shout. And finally, she breaks a window to get in because the, the door is locked. And she runs into Jeff's body. And she bends down, you know, thinking, oh, he's distressed. Alan is begging her, leave immediately, go get in your van, go drive to a payphone, drive, like, get, get out, out of here. Get out of here. But she's trying to be like, is Jeff, can I help Jeff, not knowing he's dead. Right. Unfortunately, she bends down, Allison, putting her at perfect monkey attack height. Yeah. And Ella has Prime the other syringe. Height. And finally, Melanie's able to, again, fight her off because she's, again, the size of a cat. And she's able to throw her across the room. And Melanie says, well, did you do that or did she? And he tells her, no, it was the monkey. And Melanie says, see, this isn't your fault. You're not doing this. You can't blame yourself for this. Yeah. She's gone rogue, baby. Allison, she's Melanie in monkey takes mode. A, she's in monkey mode. She takes, Melanie takes foot forward. Ella bites her ankle. And Melanie trips, knocking herself unconscious on the edge of the desk. Oh, my God. Right. Ella lights a fireplace match and repeatedly tries to set Melanie on fire, but luckily she's not very flammable because she keeps, like, putting a match on Melanie's head, and it just goes out. Thank God. And Alan's screaming, like, you leave her alone! You stop it! And finally, Ella leaps onto his chest and pees on him. And Alan says, I'm going to take you apart. I'm going to rip your fucking eyes out. I'm gonna tear you open and chew out your fucking heart. Unfortunately, Ella's back on track. She remembered the syringe, and she's holding the syringe over Melanie, sort of lowering it into her eye. Like, it's so close to her eye. And I'm like, how do you? How does a monkey know how to inject something? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I, like, can barely use a syringe. <laughs> and so finally, driven by his love of a good woman and the hatred of a bad monkey, Alan does the thing that his doctor needed him to do to get the surgery, he makes a voluntary movement. And he turns on the music to distract Ella, which I realize means they, the power must have come back on. So the power goes right, back on, sure. and in that moment, he makes a voluntary movement. He turns on the music to distract Ella, which again is that song, I can only give you love that lasts forever. Hey. And he has her, he treats her to come snuggle on his neck like they used to do two weeks ago when yeah, this all started. Back in, back in the good old days before she went on a murderous rampage and set a house on fire. Uh, she snuggles up, and in a moment of just pure animal instinct, Alan bites down on the back of Ella's neck, 
and throws her around like a rag doll, breaking her spine, ca- causing oh. it to come full circle, and then sort of throwing her broken, bleeding body across the room onto the Ugh. floor. We cut towards some point in the future, and Alan is back for another spinal surgery, this time with Doc Williams as the lead doctor. I mean, Dr. Weissman could perform it if he tried. He died nope, in a terrible house fire. Died with in a, a sexy monkey. fire. Um, and so he makes the first incision down Alan's back, and he flatlines. And the Alan looks in the cut, and out of the cut emerges a screaming wet monkey's head, howling C-section style out of Alan's back. It's just a dream. <laughs> the actual Alan wakes up in a normal hospital bed. The surgery went well. Melanie is by his side. Okay, so she and, made it. Yeah, Melanie made it. They, they both survived. And he said, do I get my body back? And she looks at him. And the next shot, we see him in a wheelchair. When he comes to her van, she tells him, come on, Ace, let's go fishing. And with the help of crutches, he's able to stand up and get into the van. And oh, how those monkeys shine. The end. Wow. Wow. Um, I was trying to come up with a rhyme, and this is not good. But if a monkey shines, don't do the time. If there seems to be something special, much like The Shining, if yeah. there seems to be something supernatural, psychically, uh, abnormally successful about a monkey... Don't spend time with it. Don't spend time. If a monkey shines, don't do the time. Please remember this. And I'm going to really try to do these lyrics because yeah, I do think they're fun and very stupid. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm trying to see if I could like come up with one on the spot, but probably not. If it's a monkey's help you need... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I got nothing on be this. Pre- be prepared to bleed. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, guys, we're just we're stumbling our little um, trembling full legs. Yes, our little Foles? monkey legs. Uh, ponies? Yeah. Our little monkey, little baby monkey little legs. Baby monkey legs. Um, and uh, in the meantime, what are some fatal mistakes you think that anyone may have made in the movie Monkey Shines? Fatal mistakes. Everything that, was it Jeffrey? Yeah. Was up to. Everything he did. Everything. Every single move he made was a fatal mistake, (laughs) including withholding that information about what he was doing for, like, not only, like, what he was doing both to the monkeys and to himself. um, Yes. But to not tell anybody until it was much too late. Um, Not firing Marianne the second she started being a dumb bitch. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say for Dorothy, the mom, like, it's one thing to be like, okay, my son's having a psychiatric is- issue. Yes. It's another thing to willfully ignore the concerns of a loved one regarding their, an actual object. Like, a monkey is real, and you could say, well, a monkey can't get in here and kill me. Well, they, they can't. They can. And we learned and that lesson. And they will, you know. Can and will. Um, I also want to say this is based on a Michael Stewart novel from 1983 called Monkey Shines. Oh. So it was the movie was adopt, adapted from there. That's nice. Um, and uh, where would you put Monkey Shines on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I overall not one of the scarier movies we've talked about. I think it's just a lot of hijinks. Um, there is, I, I think it is scary, like the concept of being trapped in anything, including um, your own body is is a scary concept because it's a real thing that um, obviously can and does happen. I'm going to give it a four because of the bird on his face. Yeah, that's what like, I thought. Otherwise, that's I think I'd I be down at like a two. You know, it's like, it's, it's not so yeah. scary, but the bird with its little 
grabby claw knife Needles. hands. Knife hands. Knife yeah, hands. Nice. Just touching his mouth. You know the bird is just covered in its own shit because that's what I assume birds are doing, all the stupid white shit. Like, I, the bird on the face, I have one, uh, it rivals the worst thing I've ever seen in person. Um, Do tell. Which is I was walking down the street here in New York. A guy and I were both kind of like walking towards each other on the sidewalk, and there was a pigeon standing on the sidewalk, kind of like closer to him, but just kind of in the middle of the sidewalk. And he walked up to it, kind of like in that Seinfeld episode where George hits the pigeons, and he's like, we had a deal. If you get close to them, they're supposed to fly away. So he was walking towards it, assuming it would fly away in a certain manner that most pigeons do. And as he approached it, he was getting closer and closer. It flew, but it flew like vertical like a helicopter. It didn't fly <laughs> off. It flew up. Yeah, I remember this. And I then, wa- I, boy, I wish we had video of this. I, I've talked about this on stage before. And it, it like, it collided with his face and the wing I, like went in his mouth. And he just started screaming. I started crying across, from, like walking across from oh him. And it was just like, and the bird just like flew away or whatever. And it's like, I hope the next thing he did was went to a hospital. I think it was. He seemed like very distressed. Um, but that to me is kind of the same horror. Yeah. I think he big guy probably had to have his mouth removed. I uh, yeah, I or at least sewn up so it doesn't yeah, affect so it doesn't the rest happen of again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I don't need a mouth. I don't no, need a mouth. It's not that, worth having yeah. a mouth if this is something that can happen to it. Ugh. I have other holes, doctor. <laughs> um that's disgusting. What yeah, would you I'm give also it? getting I'm gonna give it a four. Um I love this movie. I, in terms of enjoyability, I mean like super fun a blast um also i feel like the most like sexy and tasteful sex scene we've seen in a long time i I feel like a lot of the sex in these movies is sort of perfunctory and also you know they're about to be murdered so even though it was at a bar and they were surrounded by monkeys i I really enjoyed that it was a, a a gentle touch um i'm gonna give it a four i'm gonna give it a four as well because the bird thing really freaked me out and um, there is something, when you see a monkey holding a bloody razor blade, yeah, a straight razor. Yeah, that's pretty chilling. You know, I don't, our, our, our prehistoric ancestors, I don't know, I'm assuming we have a, we, you never, you don't give a mouse a cookie and you don't give a monkey a straight razor. Yeah, I think those are pretty good rules to live by. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's it, you guys. Again, thank you to everyone who signed up for Patreon, and yes. thank you to everyone who listens yes. all together. And follows. You know we love this shit. We just love doing this. And if you have recommendations, obviously you. Halloween is uh, taken care of recommendation-wise, but as we get into October, or uh, November, December, the rest of the, like, more movie recommendations, like, there's obviously so much out there that we have yet to even talk about. So, so send, a, send along any recs that you have. And, um... I guess the only thing left to do is to ask if you would please, um, please keep it monkey, keep it spooky, keep it monkey, keep it monkey, monkey, monkey spooky, monkey spooky, monkey spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. 
Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.